何か即効性の高い確実な対策手段はないのか大変外より飛来中の正体あり正体不明回帰速度時速1 2 0 0 0キロ正体急激に減速ここに来ます Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. And this week, our substitute, Bryn Nibor, is the one and only Drew Kaufman. Hey, what's up, everybody? Last time uh, Jeremy were and I did a podcast solo, we had to issue a public apology. <laughs> <laughs> was that the um, was it the Tool episode? It was the Tool episode, which people really did not like. People really didn't like that one. I think. Um, to this day, probably my most memorable podcasting experience was, I think it was our first time at Fest. Maybe it was our second. Um, and we were in that venue that we played at. What was the venue called? Do you remember? The Wooly. The Wooly. We're in the Wooly. We hadn't played yet. Uh, and I was going to the bathroom and I did one of those things where you're kind of like passing through a push door at the same time as somebody else. And you kind of like move your arm out of like, or no, sorry, I move out of his way. He holds the door for me and I'm like, Oh, thank you. And he uh, is an Australian man. He says, Oh, you're welcome. You're wrong about tool, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And just lets the door flat behind him. And I never saw him again, (laughs) man. That's so funny. (laughs) People were so mad. And I don't think that we said anything that crazy. It was just like, I think because Tool is such a like a big band to these people that it was like tantamount of like rejecting Christ, you know? Yeah, I was going to say it's like it's not just that they're like a big band. It's a very like emotional connection that people have to Tool. And um, I certainly couldn't possibly understand, you know, and to put it in Zoomer terms, couldn't be me. But um, people seem to really love them. And I think Jordan took that episode down, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Jordan took that episode down, and then <laughs> I had to write the apology. <laughs> which, again, look, to put it in Gen X terms, uh, if you've ever said Stink Fist got me through some really hard times, I think you need to reevaluate your life, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Sorry that you took it personally that I didn't like that band. <laughs> well, that's... um. That's our our shared history, <laughs> I guess. And um, I think the last time we really like sat down and talked was probably the last episode of Albummer when we were getting shit canned. Yeah, which is yeah. a damn shame. It is pretty funny though that Jordan just kind of got to uh, do the exact same thing to another legacy media platform. Yeah, I don't know if we should talk about that. You might hear <laughs> we've this. talked about it plenty. <laughs> Have we? Not you and I, but Alex and I have talked about it a fair bit. Uh, I guess yeah. we were behind the paywall. So, psych. Just kidding. If you're <laughs> listening from Cracked.com, we've never talked bad about your business model. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to know, can I has cheeseburger? Ask Jordan. <laughs> he can get you one, but it's going to be vegan cheese and also an Impossible Burger. 
which is all the dude eats, by the way. I was just on the East Coast, and I've I've never seen somebody inhale Impossible Burgers every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's all he used to eat. He's been eating that way for such a long time. Well, he's a vegetarian, but he also can't eat onions because he has like some sort of IBS thing. And so Impossible Burgers is the only thing that's guaranteed to have like no onions. Like he can't even order rice sometimes because people will put onion people powder put onion in, in it the, in the water yeah. yeah you know what's funny is i remember um when i first met with him and jess to start writing what would eventually become poser cops the first time they ever came over i was like oh this is nice my friends are coming over it's kind of around dinner time why don't i make everybody dinner and i did not know about jordan's onion thing at all and um yeah i made this like this like beautiful uh curry <laughs> and I like gave it to him and he like very uh, he very like happily accepted it and then just like looked at it and frowned and then just <laughs> just sat there picking the little pieces of onion out of it, which if you've ever cooked a curry before, you know, it's a fool's errand. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> I've seen Jordan eat food with his fingers more times than I have seen like animals do it in my life <laughs> poor dude the poor dude he just like he, he also likes onions too um who so doesn't like, yeah exactly they taste delicious they yeah. just will make him his butt explode yeah yeah it's a damn shame well anyway drew welcome <laughs> to the show thank you for coming on um thanks for having me you uh you requested to come on which is uh not often something that happens i think the last time people really requested to come on the show was around when we were doing the twee thousands project Uh, a lot of people were interested in that but you you heard we were doing giant robot month and you said i drew kaufman i must be on yeah Uh, well yeah tell me about this why what's your what's your deal with giant robots well i knew that you were missing a pilot and i was like drew drewski will get in the in the ava um drew will get in the um the jaeger drew will get in the jaeger because if you recall from um from pacific rim you need two to pilot a jaeger that's true yeah which also man pacific rim talk about a movie that i wanted to love but like kind of sucks (laughs) (laughs) i had a great time with it i really enjoyed myself yeah, I will. I, I saw that you were doing Giant Robot Month, and I was like, oh, I should definitely do this. I know a lot about Giant Robots. I've seen every movie that you did. I saw mm-hmm. Robot Jocks before you guys covered it. Hilarious. Um, yeah, for some reason. I also saw Robot Carnival, which I think you guys talked about last year. Um, when I was a kid, I have I had a VHS copy of it. I just have always loved robots since I was a mm-hmm. kid. And the first like media property I ever like attached myself to as like, this is the thing that I like was transformers. Right. Um, yeah. So it was like a, and a I, weird... I recall uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, and this may be a sensitive subject to bring no, up, please. but I, I believe when your dad died, um, we presented you with a gift of a big pile of beef jerky and a transformer. It was um, a Mecha Godzilla, which was, was which was a great gift. Apologies, and- apologies, folks at home. <laughs> that was an oversight on my part. It was, it was a very Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> it was it was very sweet, and I think I ended up like sharing the jerky with you guys because it was way too much jerky. I remember even- you gave it to me. You gave me almost yeah. the whole thing, and I brought it to my office. And I worked with <laughs> French guys at the time, and they all just like walked past it one at a time just looking at it never taking any of it yeah <laughs> just sat there for like a year yeah it was it's interesting it was like even 
before this is before I was like a healthy person and taking care of myself. I was like, that's too much beef jerky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were going to die if you ate that. I think I ate like one summer sausage and was just like, well, the summer's over. You know, this is the, the endless over. summer. <laughs> Got on my surfboard and went into the sun. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I always loved Transformers. And what's weird is that also sort of kind of translated into this weird thing of like i didn't really like properties where there was a human inside the robot because transformers were sentient they were yeah that was like a big thing is that they had you know like kind of souls and so like i didn't really attach to gundam or a lot of you know like the armored suit stuff until like much later um but oh shit your mic cut out minded yeah oh oh now it's back back shit i think you got to shorten your wire buddy probably um <laughs> I, I haven't pulled this out of my closet uh, since we quit albumer we quit. didn't quit I we would, got fired would definitely never quit that i job, would never man. have quit that job <laughs> <laughs> i would have been the last thing on that network i would have turned the lights out i, I, I would have been stacking time. the chairs <laughs> uh what did i say oh well the th- so I was surprised when you said Ultraman because I was like, Ultraman's an alien. He's not a robot. Ultraman is an alien. Yes. We're going to get yeah. into this when we discuss the film. <laughs> sure. Sure. I think there's maybe only one thing that sort of kind of qualifies as a giant robot in this. And I'm even questioning that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so Transformers, though, do you like the do you like the Transformers movies? No, <laughs> N- no, they're they're very not good. Um, mm-hmm. They're I've wanted to like really do like a deep dive into the Transformers movies. Cause I think they're, they've made so much money, um, which is weird because I actually, so the Transformers movies have made collectively $4 billion, but they cost mm. $2 billion to make, which yeah. I don't think is a good investment. <laughs> right. If you think yeah. about it. Cause there's, I mean, there's all the like extra money of like, uh, that doesn't go into the budgeting of like marketing and like the, the, the theater's taste and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I do wonder then if <laughs> if they do. I mean, they must. They keep making them, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess if you tell your shareholders like, "Hey, we made two billion dollars on this franchise," and you're like, "But it costs you two billion to make it," that's like you could make more money just buying some Apple stock and waiting a year, I guess. Yeah, but I wonder if it's like, um, I wonder if it's like how Netflix loses money and how they're kind of uh, they're like, "Well, we're 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 losing money, but we're eating up the market share." You know, so I wonder if Transformers is kind of like because it's so famously uh, successful in China. I wonder That's if true. they're just kind of like, look, these things don't make money necessarily, but we are becoming wildly influential in what will eventually be, you know, the world government. Yeah, I mean. That's that's the interesting thing about it is that they're it's one of the biggest franchises that you don't know anybody who actually likes. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. came out Transformers 1 came out around the same time as Iron Man, so it's really been like following in that post Harry Potter, you know, like this is the big franchise and the movie comes out every year. Nobody likes them. No one can name the characters other yeah. than like Bumblebee because it's the name of one of the movies. Sure, and Optimus Prime and whatever. Yeah. Like the the classics, the ones you know. Yeah, but they're like they're these movies are aimed at someone who like you've never interacted with, but right. is real, I guess. Which is like just like the kind of person that would buy truck nuts and supports the troops. And yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's 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 a similar cross section of the tool audience. 
right? Yeah. It's kind of this interesting, <laughs> like, it's Gatorade people, you know? It's, like, people who drink Gatorade recreationally. Yeah, and even then, like, I don't know anybody who likes Transformers movies other than Transformers fans. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you're, like... But this even is, they know you don't, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. I imagine a lot of Transformers fans are like, this is stupid. Give yeah. me the cartoons. They had soul back then. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a real thing that a lot of people think from like my experience on like message boards and stuff. But there's also mm-hmm. a lot of people who are just like, yay, cool. But I mean, that's such a small fraction of the movie going audience. So there's just, you know, there's people who just like, I guess, go to these movies because they're the big thing. I mean, yeah, like they're the big thing. Uh, I mean, I, I remember at least like in high school, that's definitely the way that I interacted with like some amount of like I remember I didn't like the Star Wars prequels. Right. right. I didn't like uh, Phantom Menace. I didn't like Attack of the Clones. But when Re- Re- Revenge of the Sith, what is it? The last one? Oh, I think it is Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. When that shit came out, you know I was at the fucking midnight showing with all my boys. Of course I was going to that. I didn't yeah. like um I didn't particularly like The Lord of the Rings, but I was going to that shit. Like any big movie, I feel like I used to go to. And I don't know if it's because I'm like in a bubble of like, you know, cable cut adulthood now or what? Like I I but I just like don't really interact with things that same way <laughs> anymore. Yeah. But I think it's a little different because you you know people that actually like the Lord of the Rings movies and you mm-hmm. know people that actually like Star Wars, even if they don't like those movies. Right. Like the average person who goes to these, the, the best way that I can think of it is like, I went to go see Oppenheimer at IMAX and we have sure. the, you know, we have the big, big IMAX It's actually in the universal lot here. It's the biggest one in California and tickets were sold out for months in advance. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to buy one from two months from now. And so I got tickets to see it. And about 20 minutes into the movie, this woman pulls out her phone in front of me and just starts looking at photos of her dog. Hell yeah. And hindsight, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's the way you should be interacting with Oppenheimer. Absolutely. (laughs) Not even a text, not even like, let me check social media. It was just like camera roll dog pictures. Love it. It's so funny because it's such a relatable feeling for me. Like there's so many times where like, I put Nico to bed, he falls asleep, and then Mo and I just sit in bed looking at pictures. Yeah. No urgency, no like, oh, I need to reply to this. I forgot to put my phone on silent. It literally is just like, oh, I I love my dog. I love my dog and I miss him (laughs) because I'm at the movies where he's not. (laughs) Yeah, but it's crazy because I I remember in the moment, then someone yells at them, like, put your phone away. And Mm. then this lady like turns around and is like, what? Why? And the guy's like, why are you even here? And I thought about it for so long. And then I realized like going to see Oppenheimer was just the thing to do. It was the big yeah. movie. So what if it was at IMAX? You don't know what that means. Movie tickets cost $40 anyways, no matter where you get them. Right. You know? So like, and it's been sold out everywhere anyway. So like, who cares? It was just like this lady, for whatever reason, it on a Wednesday at 11 o'clock in the morning at a sold out show of Oppenheimer was just like, I think I'm going to look at my dog instead. And, (laughs) and that to me is the people who go to see transformers are like, I don't know. I'm on a fourth date. I don't know. I've got kids. Let's let's go see it. (laughs) Yeah. There's like, there are videos like of people analyzing that basically the transformers movies are CIA propaganda, not the beast wars one. That's, Mm -hmm. that's like WWF propaganda, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But there's not really people like applying a critical lens to it or anything. They just exist. They just make money. And I guess they're kind of like the last of the popcorn films. 
Beast Wars is so fascinating too because it's like um it it really represents this like very interesting marketing cross section where they're like who who really truly loves the Transformers is kids, right? It's a kids it, primarily it's for kids, right? Yeah. And you're like kids love trucks. Kids absolutely fucking love trucks and they love robots. You turn a truck into a robot, that's great, right? So what else do kids love? Fucking animals, dude, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny way to look at it where they're just like because there's like a certain logic to like a truck that mechanically transforms into a robot, right? Truck is a yeah. machine. Robot is a machine. The beast wars is so funny because it's like when you watch that show, they didn't look like a robot gorilla. It just looked like a regular gorilla. <laughs> yeah. And in the new movie, they shoehorn it in so badly. They're like, I don't know. It's just IP and we're trying to do it. And it's yeah. like an IP that no one knows what to do with. Wait, did they make a movie? Yeah, there was a Rise of the Beasts came out this summer and oh, it was wow. kind of like it took place in Brooklyn in the 1990s. And Oof, uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> that's it's, where I think of that's where I think of uh, jaguars and and, <laughs> and elephants and things being at. Yeah, uh, it's it's not great. I mean, none of them are great, but they made a big stink about how they're like, we hired a we got a writer's room and we got 20 people to brainstorm the next, you know, 10 years of Transformers like as a mm. franchise because everything's a franchise. And then when it came out, I was like, it's the same fucking shit that you've done seven times over. Only yeah, the, the no main difference. character's not white. That's the only difference. <laughs> and even that it's weirder that you said it in Brooklyn in the 1990s. Yeah, like there is it, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's a concrete jungle. Yeah, it's like when you watch TV in a hotel room and they're just like, I don't understand why everybody in this commercial is not white, but I do understand. And actually, it's weird. It's weird <laughs> that they're doing that. I watched um, I watched TV when I was in Vegas last week and I was just sitting watching commercials and shit. And there was one for a um, he's like a, you know, like a televangelist preacher guy. And yeah. he he's giving away holy water. It's these little <laughs> tubes of water. And it says on the screen, it says like, do not drink. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> don't drink. But uh, he's like, it's it's miracle water that'll help you out. And it's like, it uh, keeps going through all these testimonials of people being like, I got the miracle water. And then the next day, a check for $16,000 came in the mail. And then the next person's like, my check was for 50000 And everybody's just getting a check in the mail. And you're like, from who? <laughs> who wrote the check? God Nobody's going to say who wrote the check. What? Where did the check come from? <laughs> <laughs> I prayed for a check. <laughs> I prayed for I a thought check. It'd be bigger. <laughs> I thought it would be like when you when you win a publisher's clearinghouse, if that's a thing that still exists. It is. Yeah, my yeah. grandma is still hopelessly devoted. Are you? Um, are you? Do you? Do you travel a lot for work? Uh, every couple of months. Yeah, I've been yeah. on a flight every month this year. Yikes. Pretty much. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, and it's funny cause we, I, I know that you on this podcast, we talk about like the last thing that we watched and I truly have not watched anything since the, um, the last time I flew, which was a week mm. and a half ago. And which watching- is a beautiful transition, by the way, what did you watch when you oh, flew? Oh yeah. Do you like that? <laughs> that was great. Thank you. I'm, I'm working out these muscles, you know, I haven't done it in a long time, yeah. but, um, are you guys sponsored good. by was- purple mattress? Can I do a plug? <laughs> good moderating. <laughs> <laughs> dick pills uh do you guys are you bald and also your dick doesn't work <laughs> do you know about the doctor's office or would you rather just order it from a weird website hymns.com go to stamps.com <laughs> go to stamps.com 
Squarespace for your balls and hole. <laughs> Need a razor for uh, your <laughs> taxes. Uh, there's, uh, I feel like watching movies on a plane is cheating though, because like no matter what you watch, you're going to like it because it's better than staring into space Absolutely, or doing yes. nothing. And it's kind uh, of, in a lot of ways, it's the best way to view a movie that like, I always think of, I, they never have this on the airplane. So I usually will like download something before I get on the plane, but like, it's a really good uh, setting to watch something difficult, you know, something that's like, that requires a good bit of focus. Cause it's so really? easy to get distracted at home. Like, I feel like it's a good, it's a good place to watch something that, you know, you're going to have to like really set your head to because there's nothing else to do. And like, <laughs> you have to watch it or else you just have to like breathe farts for the next hour. <laughs> That's so funny. I think maybe because I don't have kids and I live alone, like mm. I don't think of it. I think of it the opposite way. I'm like, all right, I got to watch something that I don't want to be invested in. Um, and because I'll do that thing where I'm like, well, if I'm on this plane and the plane crashes, would I, uh, I will have never watched any of these movies. And you're just like, well, I guess the Spike Lee movie isn't good enough for me to watch. So I guess <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll die without ever seeing it. <laughs> but I always kind of watch something that I'm like, I can be a little invested in, but mostly it's just like riding on a theme park ride. Sure. And which is, which actually was the movie that I watched was I watched the super Mario brothers movie. Oh, the new yeah. one. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah. I watched it a couple months ago. Um, did you watch it with Nico? I sure did. He loved it. I thought yeah, it was okay. Yeah. I had a delightful time and then I had to like read reviews when <laughs> I got home to be like, how much of that was actually uh, a good fun adventure and how much that was just like i was on a plane and it's it's yeah. better than fighting because they don't have vegan food <laughs> but it's one of those movies that i feel like uh any review of it is like it's gonna let you down because it's either going to be too too positive or too negative it yeah. is very much a middle brow movie it's a middle brow good time and if you treat it like that then you're gonna be like okay i was entertained for the hour and a half you know it did its job. That's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and anybody yeah. who's like, who's like, they really understood the nature of the Mario character, <laughs> whatever. Like, I don't want to fucking hear that. And anybody who's like, this is like the end. This is, you know, this is IP apocalypse, whatever. Shut up. Also, like, I think it really, I mean, I'm, I'm doing like radical centrism a little bit here, but I really do think that like, this is like the Mario movie is just, baseline entertainment that's all it is and that's yeah. what you got to treat it like <laughs> yeah to the point where it's like yeah it's easy to let some things go it's easy to be mad at a lot of it it's interesting because i feel like i feel like the thing about children's movies is they get passes really easily and when mm -hmm. everybody knows you can do a good children's movie you can like you can have lord and miller do it or other people who care um and i what's interesting is i try to like put my brain in the mind of a child uh um, sure because i mean i i've i haven't seen a super mario brothers movie since i saw the original one 30 years ago in theaters i never saw it since then and i remember loving it and i'm like i don't want to watch it as an adult there's no nothing i'm going to gain from that right but i feel like i feel like it's weird because they gave like mario wants needs and desires that don't make any sense whatsoever uh, uh -huh. if he has any at all but they're mostly just like i don't want to disappoint my dad and i'm like what are you talking about dude? you don't have a dad <laughs> you are <laughs> oh your mic cut out again
minded. Oh, yeah. fuck. Oh, Should good. I just switch to the pods? No, you're good. I think it's. I have to hold it like this, but I'm yeah, like, if I tell you it cut out, just give it a little wiggle and it'll be fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with Mario, I'm just like, you can't disappoint your dad, dude. You're you're canonically five foot four and you can do backflips. Like, yeah, that's fucking incredible. <laughs> I don't believe that you're 24. You're absolutely 45. Yes, that's kind of crazy. His dad also cardio. looks too young. The whole thing is is their whole family situation like doesn't quite make sense to me. Yeah. And they all still live. At, he still lives at home yeah. uh, in, in his gigantic Brooklyn apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Which is modern day, but also 1980 for some reason. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked that element of it, though. Honestly, I think like I, I agree with you, like adding a dad character maybe didn't necessarily uh, jive with the what Mario represents to all of us. But yeah. I do think like I liked his family and I liked I think my favorite scene in the movie was them just all chilling around the dinner table, busting each other's balls and stuff. Oh, yeah. That was so funny. The The line where Mario turns to Luigi and is like, destiny is calling. And Luigi goes, destiny Vettelacci from high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's out again. <laughs> ah, shit, man. I'm holding it tight. Uh, just hold on to it. <laughs> I'm holding on. I think I should switch to the the, the ear pods just don't to do, do it. it. Don't do it. Don't it sounds do it. so okay. bad. It sounds so bad. <laughs> it sounds way worse than the mic cutting out you know, sometimes. You, you know who you didn't sound bad? Chris Pratt. Yeah, I had no problem with Chris Pratt. I'm surprised I didn't have a big problem with him at all. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a problem with Fred Armisen doing an impression of Larry David. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was great. Except for Jack Black. Interesting. I thought he yeah. was pretty okay. I thought he was okay. I thought that they didn't really do a good job of like setting up that Bowser is super evil in the beginning and then mm. making it kind of a funny twist that he's like a romantic. They just like went straight into it. It's a kid's movie. It's yeah. But like, you know, the there there is kind of like a missing they never they 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 go from zero to sixty so fast. They never mm-hmm. like let bowser be like a real villain like you don't believe that he's gonna do bad things because he's just like lover boy you know right yeah i mean they they do have him like early on like uh fuck up those penguin people right oh to the the same mic drop that's been used 30 or needle drop that's been used 37 million times the song from kill bill oh yeah i can't believe that that started with kill bill i don't know if it if it that's the remix of the shaw brothers song i think by Uh rizza I mean, but, I mean that, but that's it. Like that's the that's the point of origin of using that for like a badass, you know, like entry song or whatever. And it's so funny because it's like, I, I don't know. I didn't think it was that big of a movie. It's a, it's a big movie, but like Kill Bill, yeah. I think it's because the trailer was so big. Because I don't know if you remember, like until like 2008, every commercial like for a car had that song or mm-hmm. the woohoo woohoo hoo. That yeah. song was huge. And that's from Kill Bill. That's also from Kill Bill. Wow. What yeah. a wildly influential musical <laughs> musical yeah. film that was. <laughs> I mean, there's an ACDC needle drop because of Iron Man. There's right. Holding Out for a Hero, which was the only one that I was like, okay, sure. it's a They're from the 80s. Let them mm-hmm. have it. But every other one is just like, abs- I don't know. There's just so much like cliche and stuff. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Children don't get the reference. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's that's in an effort to make it more crowd pleasing, right? It's like 
parents get dragged to kids movies sure so you got to give them a little little something you know yeah if you just make it all kids stuff like you know like cars is a perfect example of this where like when you watch cars as an adult you're just like what am i doing here what am i doing here why am i watching this yeah counterpoint mario is the thing for the parents because anybody who has a kid now played mario he's a 40 year old property you know that's true like the sound the the score was amazing like the way that they redid you know all of the 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 songs from the original games and Mm -hmm. added orchestral beginnings and endings and stuff i thought it was i mean i loved the music of it it was just so funny that it's just like why why acdc why (laughs) (laughs) this sucks yeah and i guess acdc is even a little old for for people who would be parents of mario kids it's for you who's like hey this reminds me of 2007 when i saw (laughs) iron man (laughs) the first time i saw tony stark put on the suit man (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's it's fun. It was it was like what not, song it, is it? What ACDC song is it? I want to say it was Thunderstruck because there any Brian Johnson song is Thunderstruck. That's the one with like all the tapping at the beginning yeah. of stuff, right? And the thunder. Yeah. dude, that band fucking blows. <laughs> I, I do not like ACDC at all, and I know. I know that same exact Australian listener who, <laughs> who, who caught me in the bathroom at the Woolly. I know that you're listening to this, and you're saying, "Oi." You don't talk about ACDC like that. <laughs> Listen, I've unfortunately made my career talking about old dude music, so I'm happy to talk about old dude movies instead. It's very nice. It's a nice yeah. relief. They should they should let Albumer on Cracked. <laughs> we should just start it all over again, do the exact same albums again. <laughs> I will say this. There's no way we're making that same amount of money again. No, it doesn't seem like it. I tried to pry it out of Alex a few times how much he's making, but he won't tell. <laughs> yeah, that's because it's shameful. Not gonna he's be getting, not gonna be giant bomb, that's for sure. <laughs> he's he's getting paid in paid in Dogecoins, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, they're getting they're getting um they're getting Taco Bell vouchers. <laughs> 50% off your cheesy bean and rice burrito. It's not even, you can't even claim anything. It's a coupon. You it's a just coupon. get paid in coupons. Yeah, it's a 50% off. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a $7 Target gift card. Like, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to buy toothpaste? <laughs> Come on. Got to spend money to save money. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, folks, uh, that's the half hour point. So I think it's about <laughs> time that we get into our feature presentation. <laughs> This is a new element of the show. <laughs> I didn't know that you had a soundboard. I figured that you just add this in later. No, I have a soundboard. Nice. Movies, popcorn. <laughs> I added that one also. <laughs> Which one was? Who was that? That's Tom Cruise. There's like a short video that went around on Twitter of him. He's just oh, like right. he's sitting on the couch and he's holding a tub of popcorn. And he says, "Love my popcorn. Eats a piece." Movies, popcorn. <laughs> I wonder if that's because his his ex wife that he let left uh, was the one who does the like. We come to this place to remember that we like paying for popcorn. That's right. Yeah, that is that's uh, the Kidman. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was yeah. a maybe it was a a targeted attack. Anyway, folks, we're here to talk about the 2022 Japanese superhero film Shin Ultraman, directed by Shinji Higuchi. Starring Takumi Saito, Masami Nagasawa, 
Daiki Arioka and <laughs> some others. <laughs> and I think Greg. I, I, I got pretty close to veering off into an offensive accent. I think I saved it right at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is a uh, this is a a newer movie than I was expecting uh, when I saw it on the list. Shin Ultraman. I was assuming this was going to be the oldest movie that we were going to watch. I thought it was going to be from like the seventies or something like that. No, this is a clean reboot from the, it's also the writer and uh, creator of Evangelion. Mm. Um, that, that team of director and writer, they actually did a reboot of Godzilla in 2014 called Shin Godzilla, which is right. awesome. And they also, I guess the, I forgot his name. Uh, Anno, I think is the guy who created Evangelion. He went on his own way and he uh, directed a reboot of Common Rider called Shin Common Rider. Mm. And Shin in this context means new, right? It's just king or God or best. Uh, which interesting. is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy just loves putting Shin in front of stuff. Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, Shin Common Rider. Um, are these connected? You saw Shin Godzilla. Are these like, are they similar to each other? Are they like totally giant monsters, obviously, but like, um, I don't know the full history of it. So I, I don't know if, um, if Ultraman was a Toho, uh, I know there is some shared history, like they shared actors and they shared, um, some like costume or prop design or monster design. Um, and I think the reason that they're doing the shin in the front actually is to kind of show that this is like a shared universe, but it isn't really because the rights are mingled, especially because Universal mm. owns Godzilla partially. Um, so this is kind of just like, hey, if you like that, you'll like this kind of thing. Yeah, because I had heard that a big element of of Shin Godzilla was this sort of like government bureaucracy sort of angle of it. And it definitely creeps into this as well. But I guess maybe that's just like. Maybe there's like a cultural context that I'm missing here where like this is more of a like like a right wing Japanese perspective where they're like, we hate the government and also we love big monsters. Yeah. Shin Godzilla is. Did you see it? No, it's great. It's there's not a lot of Godzilla in it, which is actually like pretty common for a Godzilla movie. Right. Um, And it's kind of just like how would the government of Japan actually handle Godzilla attack and the amount Mm -hmm. of like paperwork. It's kind of like half the office half Godzilla in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really fun. I I really like it. Um, I mean, that's kind of what this is like too. That's, that's how I felt about this uh, is it sort of feels like at times it's like an office show, but like not, not a comedy anyway. So let's, let's dive into this. Um, So Shin Ultraman is uh, very questionably a giant robot movie. (laughs) Uh, Silver. Which is a star silver like a robot, right? Uh, he kind of lights up like a robot, but very specifically and explicitly in the text, he is an alien. He came from space. Uh, the kaiju's are organic creatures. There's one kaiju that has like a drill head, and I was like, okay, cyborg. You know, he's got like mechanical elements and organic elements. He is kind of a little bit of a giant robot. But I'm just going to go ahead and say whichever Dark Council person picked this, you're on watch. This is not a giant <laughs> robot movie. <laughs> no, and I feel like we 
I feel like we made ourselves pretty clear last month when we didn't watch any body horror for body horror month <laughs> that we were going to be keeping a little bit of a tighter leash on this. You got to strike, buddy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the movie begins with um, kaijus attacking Japan, uh, and we see this sort of government entity uh, kind of like involved in 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 defending against them. Right? They have like traditional military stuff. They got big missiles. They got big tanks. They um, they track them down. They they try to kill them. Right. And very importantly, they have an official mascot, which is a thing in Japan that yeah, everything has yeah, a mascot. Yeah. <laughs> so this agency gets formed and their their mascot is their logo, but also a kaiju, which is really cool. Yeah. And I saw it on the guy's desk, the little plushie of it. And I was like, I, I didn't realize at first that that was their their official guy. I thought it was just like a Japanese thing where I'm just like, oh, yeah, cool. Like this guy just has a stuffy on his <laughs> on his desk because he's Japanese and that's just what they be like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so this first sequence where we get um, before Ultraman even shows up uh, and we just get this one kaiju just attacking uh, a Japanese village. Um, fucking rocked. I thought oh, it was yeah. so nice. Like it looks really good. Um, it's very obviously computer animated, but I think they do a really good job of integrating it into the environment. It feels like it's actually there. You get a lot of fun Japanese infrastructure stuff. He takes so he takes on a uh, uh, an electric substation, and you get to see really up close how they turn the power off of the thing. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first like twenty minutes of the movie is a little bit of like a throwback and mm-hmm. they use like classic music. Like it kind of feels like first season of Dragon Ball Z. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, and they, then they, they definitely do some like film emulation and stuff. The coloring is beautiful mm-hmm. and it's obviously CG and not a dude in a costume, which I kind of wish that they had done. Yeah. But it's, it's really fun for like the first like 30 minutes. It just like, it is a little bit of like a throwback and you're like, okay, cool. These guys like know this property and they respect it and they're going to do something really interesting with it. Yeah. It's funny when, um, I, so I turned this on last night, uh, after Nico went to bed and, uh, Mo did not want to watch it with me. So I was watching it alone <laughs> on my computer and she pops her head in to be like, how's it going? And I'm like, it's fucking sick. This movie rocks. And she's like, great, I'm glad. And then she goes to bed and then she wakes up this morning. She's like, so how did the movie turn out? I'm like, fuck off. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to fucking talk about it. (laughs) So we got this kaiju. He's uh, he's busting shit up. And then who shows up? Ultraman flies down from space fucking just blasts a huge hole in the ground, kills a guy and a child, I imagine. They don't really ever say that uh, quite as explicitly. But he shows up and he does his cool laser beam hand cross thing and uh, pretty much just kills the kaiju right away, right? Like, y- Yeah, with the best shot, every shot of uh, 
Ultraman is very funny. They're shot from the funniest angles possible, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of ass. There's yeah. so much ass. <laughs> yeah, they really want you to be cl- like they want to be clear about this. Like this is not a robot. This is not like uh, yeah. there, there's there's no enhancements happening here. This is just a guy in tights. Yeah, <laughs> he's not even like he's not even muscular. He's not like buffed out or anything like that. He's just a dude. He's just um, he's not. He is CG. It's like not a guy in a suit, but they tried really hard to make it look like a guy in a suit, which I do appreciate. And I kind of appreciate that they CG'd him too, because it does have this sort of weird uncanniness to the way he moves. Like he looks like a, like a Gumby almost where like his arms and legs move kind of at the same time. (laughs) Apparently they got the guy who played Ultraman 60 years ago to do it. And he just has a weird lanky body. Nice. Um, and but now he's also 60, so he's doing motion <laughs> capture. His body's in pain because clearly he has like improportional limbs. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's incredible. Um, yeah. I also think like, I mean, this is just like Japanese cultural stuff, I imagine. But like, Ultraman is kind of corny when he like does his like the way that he does his hands for his laser thing. The way that he like in the second kaiju he like. He flies down from the sky and then stops like a foot and a half off the ground and then does like a, my favorite shot. He does like a, a backwards um, spin. Like he spins like an action. Like he spins yeah, like one really of those. It's really hard like, to really describe table, this if like, you're not seeing. I was going to say, yeah, it's like um, he's like a foosball guy. He's like in um, in a pinball uh, yeah. in a pinball machine, like when you get it through the flappy thing, like he just stays stiff as a board and just like a propeller spins and yeah. kicks him uppercut style. <laughs> it's gr- it's great because it's they never at any point try to make Ultraman cool. Like they're mm-hmm. very aware that it's cheesy. Uh, have you ever seen anything Ultraman before no, this? No, I've not. I've seen. Apparently, they did a reboot series in um like at the mid. 2010s where mm-hmm. they were definitely really influenced by like how um doctor who had taken off so it kind of has that kind of like tongue-in-cheek we've got special effects we've got okay cgi and that was kind of the that's the only ultraman thing i've ever seen uh and it felt like it was you know 30 40 years old and so i'm glad that they're like they're leaning into it and they're like okay there's a lot of modern stuff that we can do crazy sweeping shots and things that we couldn't have done before but also we got to make it look like they're fucking idiots. We got to yeah. make it look like this well, sucks. Well, so like when you when you revive an old property like this um from like an age where action was too corny to, you know, to to live in today's world, right? Which is yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of that sort of stuff. Um there's always this desire to like try to make it more modern by like adding realism to it, right? And like Yeah. It's interesting the path that you go on with something like Batman or whatever is you're like fucking realistic Batman breaks guys legs and you like see him like really hurt somebody. And in this they're like realistic Ultraman. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot <laughs> of paperwork involved. <laughs> People are going to have different ideas about whether or not they can trust Ultraman. And they're going to talk about it in their office and you're not going to see Ultraman. No, one of the things that I really liked about this movie, um, and at least I liked it for the first hour, and then by the end of the movie, I was like, why didn't this movie end at the first hour? (laughs) Uh, It's the guy who created Evangelion, and there's a lot of like little Evangelion parts, like really intricately well-designed pieces. And I love that the government office is just a tent. Like they didn't build like a crazy underground bat cave, like 
like nerve in Evangelion. No, it makes sense because they're going they're going place to place, right? They're constantly following around the kaiju's. Yeah. Um, what what's weird about those scenes though is that I don't know if you noticed, but every single line is shot from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of wide angle, random stuff shooting through somebody's leg, shooting like where the camera's like right in front of them. And I had to look it up because I was like, it goes from like the most interestingly framed shot I've ever seen to then like what looks like a GoPro. I'm like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah, there's a bunch of ones where like it like swoops down and then like captures something from underneath. Like a lot of like really interesting motion stuff that you're like, this has to be like a callback to the old show. There's no reason you'd do this otherwise. (laughs) I think I think a lot of it is kind of making fun of American film. Like I know Mm. that like um um what's his face who who did fight club and david fincher fincher he'll yeah. like attack a room from like several different angles he doesn't just get coverage he's like what if the camera got lower as somebody like lost their status in the scene and then there's kind of that like christopher nolan like a conversation takes place in different rooms over different mm. periods of time this one is like literally at the end of a sentence there's a cut and then it goes to the next sentence the next sentence and some of those shots that are like way too wide and weird looking they were shot with they were literally shot on the actor's iphones Uh which was something that i thought was a a very very interesting choice i'd never seen before um so after this kind of first sequence where we fight the kaijus things just get really hairy and they kind of get hairier and hairier so i'm definitely going to need your help to remember some of how this happens but um but basically after the second kaiju we never see a kaiju again that's it no no more kaiju we don't know what happened to them we (laughs) there's no like oh ultraman like sealed the marianas trench so they can't come out anymore there's none of that we don't know what happened to them they're just gone now (laughs) No. And then this alien shows up that's like a, a a man. He looks like a triangle in a suit. Yeah. Basically. Uh-huh. And he's like, hey, I'm an alien and I can <laughs> and read so electronics. Is, so is Ultraman. <laughs> so is Ultraman. Also, Ultraman is the guy who his human identity is the guy who works in that office and he never shows up for work. He's like a lone wolf or whatever. Well, no, and he's this- the guy who gets killed at the beginning. He's um he's the one who runs out after the boy into the village and then when Ultraman lands from space, you see the two of them get knocked over. Yeah, but then you f- you see him in the next scene, so you're like, oh, I guess that guy didn't get killed. Right. And then you find out... Can we spoil it? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the, who fucking yeah. cares? No one's going to watch this. Ultraman. <laughs> yeah, you find out at the end that when Ultraman came down from space to save the planet from the kaiju, he killed that guy, so he decided to become that guy. And so there's a bunch of scenes where you see this guy looking at his own corpse and then Mm -hmm. they find out that's why. And that leads to the sixth act of the movie because, (laughs) Oh my God, there's so many villains in this. So many villains, so many twists and turns. You're not going to believe how little you're invested. (laughs) No. So, so crazy little, scruff mcgruff guy is in his trench coat yeah a little McGruff, mcgruff the crime triangle <laughs> yeah he shows up and he's just like yeah actually ultraman's bad and i'm here to save you guys from him don't believe him and this guy then kidnaps the person who is ultraman's human yeah. identity then he can like manipulate light so he makes people think he's ultraman and he just starts like stomping on buildings and shit yeah and and the government is like oh we hate ultraman now we've got to destroy ultraman he sucks yeah 
But then uh, Ultraman (laughs) escapes with the help of a lady you don't care about. You don't Uh, care about. (laughs) It's set up in the movie that they're buddies. She's like, I'm your partner. I I think it translated wrong. That (laughs) I I love. (laughs) That's one of my favorite things in the movie is they just keep referring to each other as buddy as if it's like the most serious thing. (laughs) I thought we were buddies. (laughs) Um, But so she, for some reason, believes in her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He gives her his little transformer thing. She gives it back to him. He transforms, turns into Ultraman, fights off, you know, fake Ultraman, does a cool ass like destructo disc to cut him in half. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I love that. Um, yeah. And then you think the movie is like over. You're like, oh, well, that was fast. That was only like 40 minutes. What, yeah, it looks like. What are they going to do? <laughs> it looks like you have a little bit of hope. through everything, <laughs> which also, by the way, this is important to what happens after the fourth villain, the way that Ultraman becomes Ultraman is he has like the null ray from men in black and he squeezes it and he turns into Ultraman. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a special machine that makes stuff big, which is, I got to say one of my least favorite ways to explain how something like this happens. Beta box. It's a beta box. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the beta box is a machine that makes stuff big, and that's all it is. Like yeah. Ultra, I I like to think that Ultraman just is big, you know, and he has magical ability to shrink himself down to talk to regular people or whatever. But they're yeah. like, no, he's a regular sized guy. He needs this machine to make him big. And the way that they prove this is this woman you don't care about. Uh, they oh, just wait, make, wait, wait. They just make her big. <laughs> wait, you have to you have to lead into it because it's great because you they they're they're so the next day at work, our guy's not there, and also the girl isn't there. So you're like kind of thinking like, oh, I guess they're friends, maybe they're lovers, whatever. It's gonna be cool. Then they find out they're like, hey, that we found that lady who works here. Uh, look outside, and she's so fucking gigantic <laughs> for some reason, and it's like super uncanny valley she's just like smiling just walking around <laughs> there's a there's a giant there's a shot from the street of her underskirt but it's never as horny as you want it to be yeah, you're like okay yeah. this is gonna go full fucking kink territory and i like yeah giant fine. woman is a is a pretty significant kink community i was really expecting it to get a little hornier there but you're right it was disappointingly uh not horny at all no it, it 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 is disappointing, and uh, so then you find out that she was made gigantic by the second villain of the movie, mm, who is third. just some guy. Oh, he's the third. I guess if you count Kaiju the Kaiju or the first, right. yeah. So the third villain is just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy who knows how the beta box works, and he basically positions that like Earth is in danger because. Ultraman proves that humans can be used as weapons. The beta box will turn them into these giant super soldiers. Oh, at some point they mentioned that like, well, the giant woman is passed out that like they can't penetrate her skin and even get a hair sample. Mm. And you think that they're going to have like a weird horny scene and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen again. Disappointingly. No. Disappointing. <laughs> From the guy who made Evangelion. I thought it'd be hornier. I was really hoping for it. Yeah, it's Japan after all. <laughs> so, um, Jeez Louise, there's so much more. There's a fourth villain coming, and this one yeah. is another alien triangle guy, but a different one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. So the so the so this alien who shows up basically is like 
he wants to rule the earth because he hates violence, quote unquote, but then mm. like this will give him weapons so that he can defend against everybody or whatever. And so they're going to sign like a peace treaty and give the beta box to Japan so that Japan can be a superpower. There is a long, there is like a, like a C plot about how Japan is kind of mad that they're not a superpower. I forgot what term yeah. they use, but they're just like, ah, America is going to come in. The CIA is already here. There's a line where like, I guess the CIA bombs one of the Kaiju and they're like, well, we're out of missiles. And then the, 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 Prime Minister goes, oh, make sure that they take those missiles out of the American defense budget. (laughs) (laughs) And then I kind of can't figure out how to explain what happens next. Yeah. So maybe we just don't. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it's like there's a fourth villain who's another alien triangle guy who shows up uh, and he I believe he comes to the event where they're unveiling the beta box and um, and then Ultraman is like stealing it away from the guy and then they have a big fight uh his destructo discs don't work on this guy i don't really remember how he beats him in the end though oh he disappears he because he sees the gold ultraman and is like "Uh oh that's a complication i'm out of here and he just oh that's right yeah and so now gold ultraman is like king of ultraman's planet and he's like you weren't supposed to intervene it's star trek rules you shouldn't have come here (laughs) And they get sucked into a black hole and there's like, you know, uh, an exchange of like, uh, you know, I, I believe in the humans now and I, I want to stay and and help them. And he's like, all right, then go. And he sends him down. And then the last scene is uh, all of his homies from work find him in the woods and they're like, oh, thank God you're OK, Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And then it ends, <laughs> and then it just cuts to black. In the in the middle there, you find out the gold guy throws this like super weapon. He's going to destroy the Earth, and it takes days and days to build. And it basically turns into like one of the geometric angels from Evangelion, but with mm. huge orange tits that shoot lasers. Yeah, and Ultraman flies to it and then gets defeated. And the humans have to somehow figure out how to defeat it. He gives them like the tools so they can defend themselves, which I guess is just they figure out where Ultraman should punch it. And that's right. how they get sucked into um, the fucking time machine from Austin Powers too. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It looks kind of cool, but I cannot tell you what happened. And yeah. I still can't. I still I re- can't believe that we explained this movie. <laughs> yeah, I really honestly like if if you couldn't tell at home, this movie is impossible, impossible. Even if it was in English, this would be a really hard movie to keep track of. In Japanese, it is. It, it, it's just it's it's a fool's errand to even try. Uh, so I feel like my my landing on this is going <laughs> to be I don't think it's a good movie. I think the first 20 minutes are fucking nice. And I think like all the action sequences are actually really fun. And if you just kind of took those away from the movie, I'd really like it. Um, If you just kind of strung them together with like a little less stuff, maybe like just kind of thin out some of that flab in between them. I, I really can't stress this enough. There's probably about an hour stretch of this movie where you do not see a fight. And I just I, I don't know who they think is watching this movie. <laughs> like, who do they think wants to see an hour of, you know, the guy with the beta box, you know, and the government officials and whatever. Like, it's 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 enough, you know. 
The, the movie made a ton of money for Japan. I think it was like the yeah. sixth highest grossing film of the year. Kind of like a Transformers thing of like, I guess people went to see it. I don't know if anyone liked it. I mean, there's parts of it that are like really cool. And like, I bring up the like shooting the way that people talk mm. and even having your phone as a camera angle. I thought it was like, okay, well, if they're going to be talking, if you watch any of the old Godzilla movies, most of the movie is actually people talking and Godzilla barely shows up. So I'm like, at least they tried something new and weird. But ultimately, it just sort of feels like an episode of like Doctor Who that's way too long. And I'm just like, I'm not asexual enough to like it, unfortunately. I was going to say it feels like it feels like five episodes of Doctor Who taken from five different seasons. Yeah. that you're watching sequentially and yeah. and you never see you never really see the beginnings or endings of these things you just kind of are like here's a villain okay now here's another villain yeah and here's another one there, there's no real like i mean i guess there's conclusions to the ones that he kills but i mean like i really it really got stuck in my craw that like the fucking the the kaijus are introduced and then we just never hear about them again and that's just yeah. it, you know, like there's this whole government agency that is devoted to the Kaijus and that's who, that's who we're with the whole time. And they never t- they don't even like I mean, I get their 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 attention is split, but I mean, they don't even mention like, oh, hey, there's a Kaiju over here, by the way. And don't worry, the tanks could take care of it. It's fine. You know, just give me something. <laughs> yeah. I think they committed a very American sin of just like, actually, this is setting up for a franchise and we will make what you actually want in the second one of these. And I don't know if they will, but they certainly were just kind of like, I am Ultraman. I am on the side of humanity and whatever happens next, we'll do it together. And it's like, okay, cool. Uh, Just fucking beat up a guy in a suit. I want to just see a rubber fucking octopus just get beaten up by a guy with the tightest ass possible everybody looks like hank hill it's great (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah this definitely um i feel it also really overestimates like how much i am committed to the ultraman character like i i feel like you have to know who he is a little bit to to give a shit even if like even if you just have the understanding of it that we have of like, I mean, a great example, this would be the A team where yeah. like when the A team movie came out, if I saw it, I'd never seen the A team before, but I was familiar with the guys. I know what the deal is. I get the bit, you know, like you have to have some sort of cultural understanding of Ultraman to really uh, appreciate this. Cause otherwise, like, I mean, I know what he looks like and that's about it, you know? And, and, my my fondness for this movie was stretched thin very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I I I thought he looked awesome. And there's that scene where he's fighting the radioactive monster and they're kind of explaining how he is and how he does. And he's like, oh, he's actually not even absorbing the energy. He's like, d- he's neg- negating this radiation. And then his suit turns green and they're like, that green must mean that he's running out of power. And you're like, yeah. okay, that's probably something that's been around for 40 whatever years, you know? But they never really do a lot to let a new audience in. And it made me think a lot about like kind of what they did with Spider-Man about how they're like, there's there's already eight of these movies. So we don't need an origin. He just shows up. And I'm like, I wonder if there are any people who like are bothered by that because yeah. they don't have 40 years of Spider-Man history behind them. There must be. Um, yeah. I used to do a bit about that on stage. The um, how every Batman movie has the Batman origin story and how like, oh, yeah. 
and how like there's definitely nobody in the theater who doesn't know that he's an orphan who saw bats you know <laughs> like there's no <laughs> i do this the long act out of the people in the theater like oh that little boy's parents died Ooh, flock of bats where's this going <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's a little boy, though, so it's not like he's a, oh, my God, he grew up. He's a man. <laughs> he's the Batman. Whoa. Wow. Anyway, Shin Ultraman, not getting a recommend out of me, I don't think. Uh, if you can find a clip of the first kaiju battle, just go ahead and watch that. And yeah. Call it's a, it a day. <laughs> watch an AMV of it. There's some good action scenes. There's that the shots of Ultraman fighting are very, very fun. But mm. uh, I would say. If you liked Shin Godzilla, you might be frustrated with this. Um, and if you didn't like Shin Godzilla, you definitely won't like this movie. <laughs> well, that's going to about do it for Generation Lost this week. Drew, thank you so much for joining hey. me. Would you uh, like to plug anything? I would, but we're like about to hit a perfect hour. So I'm just going to say Two Minutes to Late Night is back, baby. We got a live show in New York, so uh, you know what to do. You're right about that, Drew. Uh, we're about to sign off here and do some writing for it. Uh, follow us on tw- <laughs> follow us on Twitter at um, uh, at Gen Lost Pod. Write us an email at generationlostpod at gmail.com. Go to patreon.com slash generation loss to get bonus episodes of the podcast and to interact with us in a variety of other ways that involve money. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, that's, that's movies. movies. Cut it now. Shots to pose will send to lovers.